Welcome to Caught in the Wild. If you guys are new to this, you need to go check out Scout to Hunt. They are a mapping server that you can download on your phone. It's an app. You can download offline maps and mark stuff. They've got you know public and private land. They are an awesome app. So go check them out at Scout to Hunt. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Caught in the Wild podcast. I'm Will Kishpaw with Connor Martin and Jack Dolzel. Tonight we're going to be talking about gear, specifically high country uh, hunting gear, or just if you want to go on a pack trip kind of stuff. Or And then we're going to talk, bring in and talk about some ice fishing gear, uh, what we really want to, uh, what we like to use and such. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of what tonight's got to bring on for today. We don't have any special guests, so you're stuck with me, Jack, and Connor. Not that that's a bad thing, but it kind of is. Well, with Jack, yeah, it might be a little bit rough, but. <laughs> All right, well, enough of that. So let's get into what type of packs we run. So I run an XO Mountain Gear. Um, the cool thing about an XO pack is that you can uh, – you can swap out each bag so you get a frame and then you get bag and when you first buy it it's pretty expensive but you get a frame and then every bag that they make will go onto your frame so if you want to get a bigger bag you can buy it if you want to get a smaller bag you can buy it and they vary from like anything from a day pack that's about 200 2000 square inches to i think 6500 square inches is their biggest yeah um and the cool thing is these packs i love this pack um, just cause if you got to pack anything out, you got everything right there, you know, it's a frame so you can put your quarters on this pack. You can put your dead head if you kill a nice animal on this pack, anything. And, you know, and, and just so you guys know, we're not sponsored by any of these guys. We're just kind of explaining kind of what we use. Yeah. And, um, XO, I, I was using Badlands before I didn't ever have a actual pack frame and i started doing some guiding and we do a lot of packing what that change when you get a frame compared to just a loose backpack oh it's uh, it's incredible like I, my my badlands pack i love it but it's they don't make a badlands pack with an external frame that you can uh actually pack with other than if you actually get just the pack frame and this is you know both the bag and the frame in one so it's kind of a it it it's versatile and it works yeah. really well. Well, I run the same thing for like my high country pack, but then for like bow hunting and like day fishing trips and whatnot, I run a Kuyu Pro, like their smallest. It's a half frame, and I I really like it. It's really comfy and it's so light. I mean, and you, it's so small. I mean, it fits so tight to your back, and you can fit everything. Does Does it just have an internal frame? Or? Yeah, that's all it is. But and it's just halfway up your back too. And so, I mean, you can still carry like a decent, like I could still pack out a deer with it, I'd say, but I, I would never try to pack out an elk with it. Yeah, you can probably throw like a deer quarter in it or something. But yeah, how you were saying it's kind of expensive to get started with XO. I actually bought mine used from a guy named Ben Gorman. He's actually one of the owners and founders of Shednecks. And uh, so from him, I bought a frame, two packs, a Kuyu waist belt for when my XO shoots the bed and then uh some dry bags from it too and it wasn't too bad and guys if you guys are looking into buying a pack 
like do the research like look oh, yeah, into absolutely. it look what works best for you in your price range you might have to spend a little bit of money but that's the only way you're going to get a decent where i learned a lot about it was at the hunt expos if you go and talk to everything which do you hear that got canceled this year yeah yeah which that's a bummer but i would go to all their booths and talk to them and look at them and everything i'm not going to buy one there and so on the price there but uh you can come back later on your yeah. year after you've looked at everything it's kind of nice yeah and i know i know connor right now he's kind of looking into what kind of packs he he wants to get he's got you know his cheap day pack that he uses for just hunting around town but <clears throat> i don't know it's something like 30 dollar one from walmart yeah just put a uh i got i got it because you can put a camel pack in it but the thing is, if, and stuff. if that's all you can afford and that's what's going to work for you, you might as well, you know, do it. Yeah, that's and, all. I mean, it wasn't the. It wasn't more that I couldn't afford anything. It was that I done didn't really need anything mm -hmm. at the time. Yeah. Um, well, you I, hunted a lot on your your grandparents' property, yeah. which you could get a four wheeler to a lot. Yeah, of it, that's. So. And I didn't really. I never had to pack out an elk, um, so I don't really do that. I spent a lot of money on my backpacking like my hiking packs mm -hmm. but that's just a different yeah. different kind so of what kind of backpacking like just regular old camp yeah like a <laughs> i don't even know you put on me on the spot i can't remember the name like an ozark one. trail from walmart no it was we went down to a hiking store down in oh. utah and they hooked it all up with some good stuff like an REA yeah. did you have that on our trip to alice lake this year no, that was just a, like a cheaper. I don't. I don't even know how much it cost, but it was a Remington one that I got for my for Christmas from my parents. That just worked with that trip. It's like a two mile walk in, yeah. but it's pretty pretty but simple. Was, you just got to take your fishing. That's what the XO I like so much. I mean, I do a lot of the UNA, like the lakes that are like 15, 16 miles for fly fishing and stuff. Oh yeah, I mean four or five day trips back there, and I. I know a lot of people can't, but I can sleep in a hammock really, really well. Yeah. And those are so light. And so, I i mean, I can get my pack for five days with that EXO, like under 25 pounds, and have plenty of food and everything, and just go fish. thats It's a little different, though, when you're, you know, in the summer compared to, like, fall and stuff. Because when you get in the fall, you got to pack your warm gear. You got to pack it. I mean, everything like that. Yeah, adds I mean, so it much adds a lot of weight compared to, you know, just a fishing pole rather than, like, a rifle. Because when I go up in the height, like, when I go up fishing, I get my laundry basket and I put it on my scale. And I, it's a little too much. I know it's going to be uncomfortable because I do a lot of, like, that. So I hike main trails up, but then I get on, like, Onyx or something. And I see if there's hidden lakes because those are usually the best ones. Yeah. And if it's over 30 pounds, I'm going to find something to go without. And usually that's flies, which flies is usually what you take out. Yeah. Cause usually I just put some in my hat and I'm not going to go through more than seven or eight up there. Cause those lakes, I mean, they're going to eat any terrestrial you throw. Cause they don't them. see nothing. Yeah. Really. Like ants, hoppers or nymphs. If you have those, you're set for the high country. I know for a fact. So, so Jack and I just barely started hunting together this year. We went fishing one time on the river and I know, here. yeah. And I know for a fact that this next summer before he leaves for a full school year, we're going to head up into the high country. Oh yeah, We should all fishing. go to a backpack trip. Yeah, that's what me and Jack were talking about like a week or two ago. I think when I was driving you home, we were talking yeah, about we were talking about planning out like a, a pack trip just for fishing. Yeah. 
We should definitely do that. I've, anyway, we're getting a little off topic. I mean, I mean no, who cares? I mean, we were talking. We can go down some rabbit holes. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's going to happen. But anyway, so packs, like we said, and we're probably going to say this with a lot of the material that, or the equipment you should get, do what you can afford and do what fits best for you. Like, I really enjoy this XO pack. A lot of people, I don't know if there's probably some people that don't enjoy them. I mean, and the price tag on them, they're, they're expensive, but they're worthwhile. And I mean, yes. my dad, he's actually got a dry bag that goes inside of his pack. And we'll just kind of say that I might've been shooting at a camp robber up in the high country with my bow. Maybe I slid a hole through the bag and it ripped completely in half. I remember when I got up, he told me that. But anyway, EXO decided, my dad emailed them yesterday and they're like, yeah, we'll just send you a new one. We don't need to see the other one. Thanks for letting us know. Um, and, and I'm not 100% sure that it was my arrow that did it. It was hanging in a tree. It could have been a stick. It could have been something else. I'm 90% sure it was my arrow, but not 100% sure. But uh yeah, EXO treats you well, and they they have. You no, know, I haven't looked at their warranty, but if they're able to just drop a fifty dollar dry bag, yeah, and say, "Hey, we're sorry it ripped. Here's a new one," without yeah. any questions or wanting the old one back, that's pretty pretty sweet. I got a question for both of you. Um, me, I've never quartered. I mean, there's people that are like, "Oh, we have to quarter the animal." There's people that like, oh, bring it out whole. I know where you guys hunt. You guys are going to quarter like every animal because like it's going to be impossible to drag the thing back to the truck. I, I prefer quartering over gutting. That's just because you don't like to get dirty. I mean, and you stay clean. Let's just, you stay cleaner quartering, but you get more meat when yeah. you gut it. Because I mean, if I, you can I get it out whole. you lose a lot except for back straps. I and, mean, they shrink. And neck meat. Your neck meat, you get a lot of neck meat. And... So, but you if can I, that though. If you can I get can, ribs too. I, yeah. I watched a couple of videos of some people cooking How did, deer yeah. ribs. They just so, put them over the fire, like cut. So, if my theory or how I kind of look at it is if I can get a four wheeler to it or a truck close to it, I'm going to get it out whole. If I am in a steep canyon or kind of like my elk this year compared to Jack's elk this year, Jack's elk this year died. 60 yards from a road if that i mean it yeah, was it was really straight close downhill and, yeah it's straight downhill so mm -hmm. we gutted it and like jack says he doesn't you like to quarter it. it so i gutted it well we kind of halved it because once i started getting in there you started just i wanted it. to get the heart and yeah so eat. anyway i mean watch me eat it we were close enough i was bit. like let's just get it out it's whole tasty. it's way easier and it's quicker so we gutted it got the truck drove it down to this road and pulled it into the back of the truck my elk, we I shot it, and it wasn't too far from a road. It was probably only 100 yards from a road, but it was down in this big avalanche chute with rocks and stuff. So we ended up having to we ended up having to quarter it. So, uh, you know, it all depends on where you kind of shoot it for me. And so why why I brought that up is because obviously I'm looking in your mirror, and. Uh, I'm looking at that deer and that deer on your wall from 2018. Yeah, I was with you and that was the first and I think the only animal that I ever witnessed being quartered. And we actually remember we tried to drag it out first yeah, and we then we're like we're like this is stupid. It's like a mile and a half to the truck. <laughs> and so it was down a road but it was like it was it was down a, no it was, it was, it was down a 
like really wide oh, like a, game trail, but yeah, not a road. Like a cow trail. Like yeah, and I there. remember then I tried to throw it over my back and just pack <laughs> yeah. it up. And they were like, screw this. And but, so it was already gutted when we quartered it, which isn't, you know, too bad. No, we tried to take as much as possible. Um, yeah. And then obviously you took the hide. Yeah. Um, but do you remember that little... <laughs> Talking about this, this is what kind of is making me kind of look at uh look at packs, look into packs, is because I have this little tiny orange school backpack that yeah. I just threw all my hunting. Le- shit legitimate in. school backpack, like, like one yeah. you would go to Walmart. And <laughs> you buy need to look at that Kuyu pack that I have. It's not that expensive. It's and, a good starter, and for you could still do a deer a deer hindquarter on it comfortably. That's what I'll, and it fits everything. Right now, my main focus is. Um, this is going to be my first year, not to switch topics real fast, but just switching topics real fast and then coming back. This is my first year buying my own ice fishing stuff because I'm getting into ice fishing all of a sudden for some reason. Well, you went with me a couple times last year. Yeah, and we went, but I just like, I'm at the point where I'm at the age where it's not fun to borrow other people's stuff, you know? Oh, I hear you. So I'm going to, I'm looking into it. And like now that I have a little bit more money, I've been working hard this year gonna look into it but it's just all these expenses i want are right oh, now yeah i mean that's like me with getting into bird hunting yeah, yeah bird, it's exactly and, and you know my buddy grady i'm sure you guys will hear him on here sometime but he sold his bow well he kind of tr- he traded his bow and uh he traded his bow and decided that uh he wanted an ice auger instead, which he had a nice one, but he bought one that was, uh, it was propane, which oh. I'm, we'll get to this later. But anyway, he traded his bow and he has a, he didn't bow hunt this year because he didn't have the money to buy a bow because he's putting all his money into, you know, building a camper. And really we'll probably, nice, yeah, we'll probably bring him on here to explain this camper. It's pretty sweet. But so he's like, man, I got to get a bow this next year just because, you know, he's from the Midwest and he's elk hunted archery one time and he was in love with it and wants to do it again so but anyway it's kind of like that that deal where you you spend all your money on one thing and you can't afford the other thing that you're wanting so i just uh freaking i won't get into that but i just bought a new uh new ar a new ar and that sucker dropped me back a little bit more than i thought i was gonna spend thousand bucks or something uh, like 1200 but on other things <laughs> but so yeah like we were saying a pack if you have a backpack and you can't you know afford right now to get a good pack or you know a high quality pack or something like that stick to it because like connor said he packed out a hind and a front quarter with his school backpack in 2018 was it a pain in the ass yes it was luckily i want to do it again no and it was only about a mile and it was pretty flat you know i might have to disagree with you a little bit there because for me boots and my pack are the two things i would rather shoot a 1980 bow than than ever trade in my pack i i'm i may have been spoiled with packing out my first animal with this pack Mm -hmm. but yeah, see, I I used a lot of cheap stuff to pack out my first elk. It was a, it, I mean, it wasn't cheap, but it was just a Cabela's pack with no frame at all. And that's, it yeah, fit, that's it the fit a hind quarter in it, and it was heavier than hell. So, yeah, certain things you're going to want a pack for, but if uh, you aren't 
going to hunt a place where you're going to have to pack an animal yeah. very far even, like even a half mile to a mile. I mean, that's not that bad. A, a pack is probably going to be one of your least. Especially if you're packing out, like even when I'm on my way back from like those fishing trips, if you just get talking, the way back you cruise. I mean – is if you can get talking to your buddies, it you get to the truck in no time. Yeah, and, and uh, you, you're like, oh man, that took you know no time. I yeah. thought we were going to be a long time, but on to the next subject. I, I think we boots. I mean, I had some Irish setters before. I got my Kenetrex, and they're bird hunting. And I, I mean, with shed hunting, I don't know any big shed hunters are listening to this, but. I mean, 300 miles in a shed season is not out of the ordinary. If you think about it, I mean, 15 mile days out from, I mean, I do Utah, Idaho, and Wyoming. Wyoming opens the 1st of May, but I mean, if you're hunting from probably, I don't like to go out till like 15th of February. I don't like to push the deer if there's bad snow. And then you go till middle of July. And I mean, you do 10 mile days, that adds up quick. And I went through those Irish setters quick and I've never known any different. And then I got some Kenetrex changed my life. Those freaking boots. I'll you, never go anywhere else. You know, I, my dad has some Irish setters. They're thousand grams. So he doesn't wear them very often, maybe for some ice fishing and stuff like that. He loves them. Um, I wore them the other day. We were going to go help pack out an elk for a guy that I guide for. And they weren't, you know, they're all right, but they're not the most comfortable. Um, I wear crispy boots, and uh, the and this is for mainly, you know, early early fall, sometimes into October. These boots are extremely comfortable, extremely durable. You can go a long time in them. Um, I've put lots of miles. I've gone through well two pairs now. Um, I'm due for my third pair. I haven't got them yet. But so these, these crispies, they're fantastic boots. They, they're kind of, they're very similar to Kenetrek. I think if I was going to go with a heavier, you know, bigger gram boot, I might, I don't know. I haven't used crispies heavier gram, but if I go with it, I might end up getting a pair of Kenetrek just because they're high end and I hear nothing but good things about them. But crispies for the for the early season that's all i wear and i love them and then later season i haven't bought my kenetrex yet and i assume i will in the next couple of years but i'm using uh, a boot called a rock they're they're rockies i don't know exactly they're it's rocky rocky boots and they're 200 grams and they're very very comfortable and i like them a lot real warm and uh so Really, you you just gotta again. Boots are the same as packs. You gotta try them on. They gotta be comfortable for you. Stuff like that, and you gotta break them in. You can't just pull them out of the box and start wearing them. I mean, you could, but they might give you some blisters if you go straight to the mountains just with them. The Kenetrek, you're gonna want to break them in for like yeah. a week or two because I they're extremely stiff. I right? bought them right before May first, and my buddy Kendall Cummings and I we did. 21 miles on and sagebrush country you can cover that i mean in a day yeah not it's not that bad and my feet were not good after that day so no matter what when you buy a new pair of boots 
make sure you break them in. I do know that the Get Hushin crew and the Born and Raised crew, those guys will pull crispies out of the box and they say, we don't recommend this. And then they throw them on and they hunt. And it's like, man, that has got to be. And crispies, they're, they're not extremely stiff when you first buy them and they break in pretty quick. But I still would not recommend pulling them straight out of the box and start hunting or hiking. You see, dude, I feel uh, personally called out and victimized in this podcast because I definitely uh, hunt in a pair of steel-toe work boots. <laughs> hey, I, I <laughs> like, wear my dudes when I like, archery see, hunt out. What kind of boots are they? Are they like Danners or something? Dude, I don't even know. They're like, they're so worn out. But because I used to have hiking, uh, I was wearing Irish setters and those things I groom. That's what happens with age, I guess. And uh, then I was... Um, then I got, I don't know, I got this pair of, like, hiking shoes. They were just cheap ones. Mm-hmm. And I they were, I was using them for a day to go on, like, a two-mile hike. And then um, they wore out because they were just cheap. And so I started wearing my work boots hunting. And, I mean, they're lace up. And they're, they go up halfway up to my knees. So they're, like, all right. But they're just heavy. But, they don't have grip. I slid all the way down the freaking mountain the other I'm, night. In the like, with Cantra, I would definitely – I wear those to get where I'm getting to. Mm-hmm. I do not wear them when I'm actually hunting because they're really hard sold and I mean they're loud. I always wear my dudes when I'm archery hunting, no matter what. That's what I shot my deer in this year. Is my well, they're not dudes, they're but they're like the dude version. Like those walkers and things. Yeah, the Justin. Yeah, they're Justins. They're like basically they look similar, but but this is just to show you guys. Like Connor's got a boot. That steel toe, I wouldn't recommend steel toe in the cold because you'll freeze your toes off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I, he's I got a pair of work boots that, you know, he doesn't even know what they're called, but they still work. <laughs> and he killed a slimer deer this year. He did. He killed so, a really nice, probably, I'd say, close to 160 buck this year. A really we'll nice. See, we'll see when we get it back. Well, we can score for you. That didn't take a lot. But what, and I haven't seen it in person, but from the pictures, I'm going to assume probably close to 160. That was, dude, I mean, honestly, that was a funny story. Just, I was messing around. I was taking my sisters. Weren't taking it serious. Like I said, I was in my brand new shoes that I just got. And I saw that deer stand up 300 yards and put the smack down on it and ruin my new shoes. But the the blood's already gone. That's how good the shoes these these dudes and Justin's are. (laughs) If Hey Dude is listening, uh. You guys can send me a new pair. Mine are a little uh, soaked with goose blood after this last weekend. But so, like we're saying, guys, look, try them on, see what price range you're in, see what boot fits. I think you'll come to find that with all the hunting gear. I mean, yeah, that's kind of like what we're gonna go through. But we're just kind of giving you ideas what to look for, what we use, and this is what we use. Yeah. It's like it's like your style too. Yeah. I mean, I watched my uh, grandpa. Kill more damn elk wearing cowboy boots and a red flannel. Well, yeah, and it's and like animal, if any of you guys, if any of you guys watch the hunting public on YouTube, they do like strictly. Are they those whitetail guys? Yeah, they're whitetail. They they did an elk hunt with born and raised last year and this year. But if you look at them, they don't care what they wear. They they have their you know apparel, their merch that they sell, which is pretty. That it's that. Uh, bottomlands camo i believe that they have and then they just you know wear whatever they've got on and it it doesn't matter 
with what you have, it matters on how you how you scout and how you hunt the most. Oh, yeah. But we're like we're saying, we're just giving you ideas of what we wear, what you can look into, all that kind of such. I'm 100% surprised that Will doesn't throw on his uh, four-wheel drive Crocs. He's out there chasing Okay, no, Crocs, you know what? <laughs> if you guys don't have a pair of Crocs, get a pair of Crocs because they are the best camp shoes around. And they're so light to take back. Oh, yeah, they're like oh, – they're, they're less than half a pound for the pair of shoes. That's all, that's all he takes. All right. And, and going on a boat. I mean, oh, yeah. you wore yours all yeah. summer long. And then if you're getting a little hard terrain, you just throw it in four-wheel drive, flip the flaps back, and let her go. So uh, for the high country stuff, I mean cooking. you Cooking, there's a lot of things. You look at stoves that you can fix. I have a $20 Coleman little – it hooks up to like a jet boil gas. I mean, I can only use so many mountain houses. Those things – Give me gas. I'll tell you what. <laughs> oh, I think they give every or they give me gas, but you know what? They clog me up. <laughs> Which that's is about, a bad thing up in the That's mountain, about but. the only thing that clogs me up, but they clog me up. Well, I and, found these things at Walmart this year. And uh who's your buddy that the that came up with us that met? Marv. Uh Marv? Yeah, so him and I both had some up there in the high country and so like there's these little shake packets. And you add. Oh yeah, they're like a uh, like an MRE, MRE yeah. a, a military. And they are so something. light, I don't know and exactly. it just cooks it for you. And they're hash browns, and they're tasty. Yeah. No, and you know, so cooking wise, you want something to boil water is about it. If you're going to take any kind of mountain house, something that'll boil water. I've got. I think Jack's got the same thing. A Coleman, little tiny Coleman stove. Yeah, I think mine's a REA brand. See, in mine, yeah, I, but they both work the same. I but mean, the it, thing is, all you got to do is stuff. pull gas and make a flame, and they help. And it's one thing, you know, if you can have a fire, but like we couldn't have a fire in the high country this year. I mean, this year, all of the country was bad. So, so we, uh, I bought this, I bought a little $10 Stanley pot. It's not a pot, it's like a big cup, but it's meant for boiling water and stuff. And that works just fine. My dad had an extra, uh, what do you call them, the jet boils. He had an extra jet boil. He just, he actually had it, didn't know where it was, so he bought a new one, found this one, and he's told me that I can have it. So now I've got a jet boil, which a jet boil and a Camp Chef uh, striker are the two best ones, I think, if you want to, uh, if you want to look yeah. into this stuff but anything that just makes a flame and you can boil water with will work especially up there in the high country but like don't get me wrong that stuff's fun going out there and roughing it but when we were in the duck blind the other day and i was over there in my lay down blind and grady made me the sausage and eggs and stuff but that is where it's at you know how much that stove cost that he was using like 40 bucks yeah. at walmart it's a little coleman gas stove you just put one of them little propane tanks in all it's got to do is pull the gas light it and have a stand and That's this thing's it's a two burner it's a little coleman they're little green things they are fantastic is that the one that you hiked up uh yeah that that one yep i hiked up with it to alice lake it's still you know i wouldn't recommend taking it on anything more than a day trip if you're hiking because yeah. it's kind of heavy but it is so worth it and they work so well i that's like Jack was saying, when you're sitting in like a duck blind and you hear you smell the breakfast cooking like bacon and eggs, I tell you what, that is 
Awesome. That's, Especially uh, when you wake up from a four-hour nap and you're laid down blind. Yeah. That happened to me that day. Yeah, <laughs> Jack, Jack, went, <laughs> Jack went duck hunting and didn't shoot but one duck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when we shot 20 ducks that day, almost. No, not 20. How many did we shoot? Yeah, we we shot 20 ducks that day. We almost got three a three-man limit. Or was it 19? A no. four-man. We had four guys. It was seven, seven ducks a piece at th times three is 21. And we shot 20. And we shot 20. 21 is a three-man limit. Yeah. So we almost had a three-man limit. Yeah, you almost had a three, and I shot one of them. <laughs> yeah. One spoonie. Yeah, one spoonie. But, but anyway, so just find a burner that works. I have a cheap, well, I had a cheap one. Jack has a cheap one. As long as they make a flame and they boil water and you got something to boil the water in, you're going to be fine in the high country. I also, going back to the MREs, like the military stuff. You don't even need water for that. No. Yeah. I watched uh, our buddy Tucker. He'll, he'll just get bored, I swear. Tucker's a, Tucker's a vet, so he's got some leftover MREs yeah. from. And you can get them. He says they're not that expensive. It's like eight bucks a, eight bucks a I've heard they're not as good as Mountain House and like these other ones. But, oh, but the cool thing is. But is you, he, don't, you don't need water. You don't yeah. need anything. It well, uses, Josh, uh, let me try some of his what is it, high country. What is it called? It uses to heat the stuff with. I yeah. You're gonna look, look it up. Look it up because that that stuff was amazing. Um, I like I looked over during L camp and I'm like, what are you cooking, Tucker? And it's steaming. Yeah. And I'm like, how how are you doing that? And it's like in a cardboard box. I'm yeah, like, it's it's crazy. That's some freaky stuff. Yeah, but well, I can't remember what it's called that cooks the. Uh, the MREs, yeah. but anyway, going it's, it's on. Badass shit. So Whatever. we're gonna we're gonna talk kind of sleeping gear, real yeah. quick, and then we're gonna move quickly on to ice fishing. But sleeping gear, it's the same deal as everything else we've talked about. Anything you can afford, anything that works for you. I use a climate tent. And climate's really nice stuff. Uh, a lot of people use it for any kind of backpacking. And then I, I use a climate sleeping pad. It's insulated, which I would recommend that just because when you're up in the high country, it'll get chilly and that'll at least keep you warm. And then I use a, which I'm going to change just because I got real broad shoulders, but I use a Badlands sleeping bag. Do you work out or something? Why do you have broad shoulders? Because my family has broad shoulders and i have i'm not jacked i have wide ass shoulders for some reason all right i'm sorry that i'm a freak okay <laughs> i have wide shoulders too man but i find the way room every day <laughs> connor you would not fit in this badland sleeping bag either no it's dude. tight i had to when i used it i brought an extra uh like a small uh down comforter for a twin bed with me and uh I kept the sleeping bag completely unzipped because I could not fit in it. And then I slept with the, uh, with the comforter over me and I stayed warm because the down comforter was nice, but it's way nicer to be able to zip your comfort, your sleeping bag all the way up. So you don't have to worry about that. And like, so my dad, he uses, uh, my dad uses Nemo, which Nemo is ridiculously expensive, but it's really nice. Like his sleeping bag, Probably weighs two pounds, if that. And it's extremely warm, extremely roomy. 
Nemo is like the top of the line stuff, but it's so expensive. Um, all those couples out there are getting those double sleeping bags, and I'm like, shit, dude, I might, I might get one just for me. They look comfy. <laughs> You know, you get to stretch out, and then, like you're saying, put the down comfort in there, and it's have a it's good not, time. Yeah, you know, I I was cozy. Um, that was on my, you know, I packed it in two miles about. But so the the time I went down and got the hiking bag or hiking pack, um, I also went and at the same time got a tent and a sleeping bag and all that stuff. That's where. Like, I went on a 50-mile pack trip when I was in high school and in a lot better shape. But uh, that's definitely – I have a negative degree sleeping bag and, like, a two-man tent that folds into basically nothing. So I'm ready to go. Uh, yeah, well um, – What? Well, he hasn't chimed in. What What sleeping bag do you use? What? Oh, no, some type of mummy bag. It's, it's 20 it, degree under, and I – it's, it's you pretty just nice. curl up and go to sleep. I mean, yeah, just... it's big though, and it doesn't fit on my pack very good. Jack's I'm gonna real skinny. It is a big freaking sleeping bag though. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It takes up half. My Mine's pack. pretty big, but his is a little bigger than mine, I think. But he's, he's able to fit into it pretty well. But, uh, um, like we said, get what's comfortable for you when you buy an. A sleeping pad, though, I would definitely recommend finding an insulated one just because it'll get cold if you don't have one. But look at good tents. You don't want a real heavy tent unless that's all you're packing is the tent, which I doubt that. You don't want a real heavy tent. You don't. My, just get uh, a hammock. I mean, that's what I run, and I love it. My, But when you're up there in, like, September, October kind of deal, you're going to want a tent. I mean, I my, do take a tent. My buddies that were up there – in the high country, you didn't meet them, Jack, but uh, JD and Kyle, they have, uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's like, it starts with an A, but it's a TP tent, has no floor to it, and it comes with a little tiny, like, titanium stove that weighs like four pounds total. And so they can have a little fire in it, and they say, man, that thing keeps you warm. And I think I'm going to end up buying one of those just because they're, uh, they're, they're nice for that cold time of year and everything. Um, I would I would highly recommend looking into whatever. You need a light tent. I think tent and sleeping bag on a pack trip or even a hammock. Hammock I've slept in them before too. But if you uh, if you sleep in them when when uh, it's gonna rain. You get soaking wet, and I that happened to me one night, and we had to pack out. See, so, if and horses would buy it like in a perfect world, horses would be the ideal thing, right? And um, well, honestly, if you like, got horses, you can pack in whatever. Well, yeah, wall tent. Have you seen those big suckers? That'd be awesome. Or like what you're saying, a teepee. You can pack in the the canvas stuff. Yeah, but honestly, but, man, it's it's whatever's in your price range. It's whatever, whatever I, you want. You can sleep under the stars if you're. Man, yeah, I mean, sleeping. I like a sleeping bag. You just gotta make but, sure you got a good sleeping but bag. I, I could sleep on a freaking bed of gravel. I mean, I can sleep anywhere. Well, if you're I'm still tired. young. When you when you get a little older, you'll you'll change yeah, your mind about it. Yeah, I guess that. I need to take that. But um, 
Anyway, we could probably go on with hunting stuff all night. Oh, yeah, we could, definitely. But I think we're going to swap it up and try, kind of talk a little bit of ice fishing. It's getting into that time of year. Uh, I know I'm pumped for it. My buddy Grady, who's a big-time duck hunter, he's, like, jacked and so excited to ice fish. We've got a place around here that's pretty good for perch. And uh, Grady, last year when we were duck hunting, when the duck hunting slowed down, on that uh, like Sunday morning. Oh, when we had to break the ice. Yeah, when we broke the ice. And we we ended up being able to walk out on some <laughs> yeah. of it. He's like, you know what? We should just we should just go home, grab the fish and stuff, and come back out. He's <laughs> like, I'm like, dude, I wouldn't go on there, but you know. All right, so Minnesota guy, huh? My first thought for ice fishing is like, what is your favorite type of fish to target through the ice? Um, I would have to say right now, mine has got to be perch, um, just cause, just cause I love, they, they're my favorite, you know, I like walleye a lot and I probably would rather catch walleye, but and I they're, can't, they're bigger, they're bigger, but I can't figure them out through the ice here. I catch them all year long in the summertime. I've caught one through the ice and it was the size of this Coke can right here. That I'm drinking. I saw the walleyes were Logan uh, this uh, summer when me and my brother were catching them. Just tiny. And I'm the walleye that I caught clear back forever ago. Big. It was like uh, well, half to my favorite would have to be lake trout, without a doubt. Lake trout. Uh, and ling. Lake trout and ling at the gorge. See, and I'm kicking myself because we caught a ling last year. Were you at the gorge? No, we were on, uh, like, uh, not Vivanon, Fontenelle. Fontenelle's got them. And uh, we reeled one in. We had no idea what it was. We thought it was, like, a catfish. And that was just me being uneducated in what species of fish. Because literally my whole life I've caught rainbow trout. And that's all. And then this year with COVID, when I really opened up fishing and got into fishing. We fished a lot this spring. We fished so much. This has been my best year by far. I've caught so many fish this year, and I really got into it, and that's why I'm kind of changing my look on stuff, kind of turning more to living off of what I catch and what I hunt, uh, like uh, more than going to the store and stuff. I wish we had better growing seasons for, like, vegetables, but that's besides the point. But you can grow some lettuce around here. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you, move, if you move somewhere, you know, up north where the, pop, the, the elevation is only, like, 3,500 3, to 4,000. That's why I like Sheridan. Oh, man, and I like I went to school in Pal, and I tell you what, I may or may not have taken some corn off of some corn stalks when I was in college off of a walk-in area. That wasn't very good because it was feeder corn, and feeder corn, if you've ever <laughs> eaten it, it's not good. It's disgusting. That's... But but like up there, you can grow stuff like that because they have such a long growing season. And even in Utah – like right, uh, a two-hour drive from us. Thank you. We're we're for some reason the two southwest corners of Wyoming are so high in elevation. Like Laramie, mm -hmm. look at you know look at the University of Wyoming football team. Their stadium's at seventy-two fifty or something like 7220, that. Seventy-two twenty. It's it's in a big pillar, but okay. <laughs> I know. I was I, no, I knew it was seventy-two something. No, I, and then, I mean, and then we're at where my where our parents live up on the yeah. E Hill. They're at like seventy two hundred up there. Yeah, my dad's shop sits at like seventy four. Yeah, 
out of um, town. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, what's crazy is we get, you talk to some people and they'll get like three or four crops of hay for their cows, which is insane. And we get one <laughs> and it's like three weeks during the summer. But I I know people around here that can get two if they, and sometimes three on really good years, but yeah, ba- barely rarely. And that's like, Cutting it short. Everybody over in the valley got three that one we're year with all that snow. snow. We're getting off topic again, talking about. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even know. What but you're anyway, about. we're getting back. We're, in. we're talking about. I was trying to talk about living off the land or whatever. But yeah, because the right. fish. I want to. When you say perch, I hear that. Well, you keep perch, don't you? Oh yeah, perch, perch. I love perch. Are my number two fish. Walleye are my number for freshwater. Are my number one well, fish. Well, I like kokanee, dude. Kokanee is a salmon. It's really good, but like for a, for like, I don't know. There's something about walleye. It's good smoked. That's all. It's coke gets smoked. Make dip with it. And it's good, like if you cook it like you would cook a ocean salmon. It's not ocean salmon, but it's very very similar. No, it was it was probably the best fish I've had out of freshwater. But I would say walleye and perch, Mm -hmm. and then all them pan fish like crappies and friggin bluegill and you were a a ling i heard those are you know i've heard two stories and i'm scared to try them poor man's lobster their fillets are like their entire body and and if you don't know what a ling is look them up a ling cod or what is what else are they called uh, it starts with the B, I think. Burbit. Burbit. Burbit, yeah. Burbit. And if you look them up, they're like long looking eel. They look they stuff. look like an eel slash catfish. Yeah, because they've got those antennas and stuff. Yeah, and so we had no idea what it was. And then talking to my brother, he's like, What did you do with it? I'm like, uh we put it back because we didn't know what it was. And I, I think that's actually legal. It is. So real quick. Of species. So we will Cut that <laughs> Hey, you didn't know, and and you know sometimes shit happens. But it felt like we're cutting this. <laughs> we're, we're cutting this real quick. We're talking about the MREs earlier. My buddy Josh just texted me back and said it's called a, it's magnesium, oh, magnesium that cooks it. Okay, yes. and I I knew what it was, but I couldn't think of the word. So Started I with a T in my butt, dude. <laughs> I don't know what I. Okay, I don't Samsonite. know. Samsonite. I, I knew it started with an S. <laughs> But anyway, back back to what we were talking about. Uh, so yeah, we're getting jacked. Ice fishing's coming up. I love ice oh, fishing. I there's times that like I would go ref wrestling tournaments and up in Star Valley, and they wouldn't be till like three o'clock in the afternoon that they started. So I'd drive up to you know our our reservoir going up towards there, the Narrows, and I would catch a couple fish fish and. Loved it. You know, everybody knows what the Narrows has in it. I'm sorry. This last year, there were probably 800 freaking people out there. I was over here freaking pulling my hair out with name-dropping spots. Uh, <laughs> Go out. I'm there. just messing with you, Will. I mean, the whole town knows about it. Yeah. It's it just if you know what Last year, it sucked. I'm not going to lie. Compared to the year before. Two years ago. Year, the year before. Two you years ago. Two um, years ago, I freaking slayed them, and it's been shitty since. And I think it's because everybody yeah. knows about it. Yeah, I think so, too. Two years ago, it's been me and Will uh, came in hot, too hot on a snow machine, and rolled that bastard right as we hit the land. You remember that? <laughs> I do remember <laughs> that. Hey, Dad, don't listen to this. <laughs> it was my dad's snow machine. I'm actually looking at uh, – so I work for our sheriff's office, and we do, you know, when stuff's ready to get rid of – we auction them off, and they're a silent auction. And right now, there's a uh, 
there's a uh, snowmobile that's like legitimately meant for ice fishing that they're going to auction off in the next couple weeks. You better believe that I'll be trying to get that it's thing. That, it's those old. Uh, and I swear, if I hear either one of you guys win it, I'm going to be so pissed off. Oh, dude. But, oh, who won the Murdoch's? Uh, the raffle, the police raffle for the safe and the three guns. Oh, I don't know. Because they did that the other day. Yeah, I don't know who won it. I heard that somebody won it, but I don't know who won it. But anyway, I didn't win it, so we might need to change this to the rabbit hole podcast. Yeah, we're just <laughs> keep going. We, you know, we are talking. Well, we're talking about you know fun stuff. We are um, talking about ice fishing though. But anyway, going on equipment to use. You know, you don't need an ice shanty. When it's cold and shitty out, you want one. <laughs> yeah, you definitely want one. But you don't need one to go ice fishing because a lot of times you're not going to go out in that shitty weather anyway. So My family likes to go out a lot. And uh, funny story, I took my mom out one time. And she she likes to do outdoor stuff. Like She'll go hunting with us. She shot a few elk and a few deer. But uh, she, uh, she doesn't really like the cold very much. And I took her out ice fishing out there on – the narrows and we had a hand auger and I was sitting there drilling holes and that, so I grew a lot in the last year. I was pretty small when I took her out, mm-hmm. could not drill holes for the life of me. How much does one of those cost? A hand auger or a yeah. gas? No, a hand, like a hand auger. Um, Six or 70 bucks. Yeah. I've got one that I think we have like two or three. And, and the cool that. thing is you can take a drill and kind of manufacture it or just buy off Amazon for like 20 bucks a dill that will go into your hand auger and you can use a drill to drill your holes. Yeah. But so I didn't know that at this time and we took out a blind for antelope hunting and was trying to sit in it. Both the doors were broken and I guarantee you it was negative 10 out there. We were freezing, but we were slaying the perch and she thought it was so much fun. We run home into town. She's like, all right, if I'm going to keep doing this, we're getting a shanty and a gas auger. So I got to run into Murdoch's and pick up an eight-man ice shanty, which it's like RAS. If it says it's an eight-man, it's really a Yeah, five I've got six a six-man. It's like a three-man. Yeah. <laughs> and there is so much room for your stuff in that thing, and you can cook, and it's pitch black. And I like to sight fish in that thing because it gets so dark and you can see down. It's fun. So what? Is it an Eskimo? Uh, no, some off-brand thing. It was in the bottom of the pile and funny. Whatever I th- works. Like, like we're saying with everything that we've been talking about, whatever works. Like he, like he was saying, he used a uh, blind for hunting out of. So I think they put it on like, sale at one point. I may have forgotten to take the sales sticker off because I looked it up in retail for this thing. It's like 400 bucks and I got it for like 125 bucks. No and, crap. Oh, and I wow. think they may have accidentally put a sales sticker on there or something. Yeah. Wow. I don't have a gas auger yet, and I'm not going to buy a gas auger. Oh, I'm going to buy a propane auger. Well, I mean, they'll end up going out a lot. So. Yeah, I'm going to end up buying a pro. So that's what my buddy Grady that I've been talking about a little bit. He bought a propane auger. My dad had a gas auger. He has an electric now. I'm not a big fan of the electric. The batteries die really quick. you got to keep them warm, all that kind of jazz. But the propane auger starts first or second pull every time and you don't need to change out the gas you don't need to get all this kind of stuff in there you don't because honestly i don't know why but it runs off this propane and the propane doesn't ever freeze and it stays cycled through every and it's quick to cycle through and one or two pulls it could be the first time we take it out this year it'll take one or two pulls and it'll start right up 
Yeah. I'm just a huge fan of it. And you can, off those little green propane bottles, you can drill, I think, 150, 180, something like that holes. Those green propane bottles. Out of a about, foot of ice. So yeah, if you're like fishing four, anything less. Four bucks for that. Yeah. See, we're balling on a budget. The thing that but I they're more say, they're they are more expensive to buy these propane ones than the gas ones. But the gas, so the thing about the gas, and not to get on like my dad chewing my um, butt. Your ass. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say ass, but I was like, I don't know. Um, every time I say a curse word, Will looks at me all weird. But <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, the thing about these uh, small gas ones is you can definitely tell who runs the. I call it the fuel uh, the blue fuel. I like Maverick. It's like the ethanol free. Yeah. yeah. You definitely have to run that because I've seen people run that uh, like regular gas out of it. And after like a year or two, it's like it goes to crap. You can't ever start it. You can't get it going. You have to clean the carburetor. Yeah. The you know, I'm, I my dad hasn't had a gas one for a long time. We've used an electric or I've used my hand auger. Mm -hmm. Hand augers suck, by the way. One time, I think I remember this one time with the electric one. You didn't charge it, did you? No, I did, but the that's the thing about these electric ones. They're a cool idea, but if that battery gets a little too cold, they won't. It, it doesn't start, huh? It doesn't drill. And so, and they're cool, but they drill really slow. And Is that the day that we went out with old uh, our buddy Dylan with the collapsed lung? <laughs> Remember, oh, it took yeah. him like 30 minutes to walk 200 yeah, yards? Yeah. Poor bugger. But anyway... Uh, yeah, I mean, Stryker makes an electric one that I know is pretty good. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't buy it because I'm not a big fan of the electric. My dad bought one How of the first. How does that do in like a foot and a half bias or a foot of ice? Good. I mean, they Does drill. It? They drill well. But if it's cold. but if it's cold, you know, I don't know how the Strikers work. My dad had an Ion, and it was one of the first electric ones to ever come out. He bought it ten years ago, probably. Yeah. We got it from Christmas for I don't know however long ago they came out, and. It was, it was like, man, this thing's badass, and my dad sold his gas one. Well, the batteries go bad quick, and mm -hmm. they uh, – they if it's cold out, you have to keep them at least body temp or room temp, which is like you know 60 to 70 degrees. And it's such a pain – nice, just slam your phone down on the counter there, Jack. But it's such a pain because sometimes you're not taking an ice shiny, so then you got to put it in your jacket, and it's sitting there, and it's weighing you down. You know, I know you're just sitting around, but it's weighing you down, and it's annoying. It's, it's cold, you know? <clears throat> and then, so I, I really kind of fell away from the electric. They're pretty, they're a cool idea. The, the new Strikers, I know people that got them, and they're like, man, these things are badass, but I'm not a big fan of the electric. You, so you can't go back to it just because you you've had a couple of experiences. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So see, you know, and and then I've used gas, I've used propane, and I've used electric, and the propane so far is by far my my favorite kind of auger. Did I? I think that I'm just gonna go with a hand crank one because number one, I'm cheap, and number two, you know, you're uh, never missing a day in the gym. And I've drilled a couple, like probably twenty holes in one day, and it leaves you a little bit uh, sore. A little bit sore oh, without yeah. a Wyoming ice, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're a lot more likely to move if you got a gas or a propane. I think. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's for sure. There's some, you know, if it's four inches thick, it takes you two seconds to drill a hole. It's not that bad. But when you yeah. get about ten inches thick, you're like sitting there. You're like, man, the fishing sucks, and I better be good over there. But <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna drill a hole. Well, 
that's what I've been looking at is uh, fish finders. Fish finders are, I feel like, a, a key item to have. But, you know, how much is that going to run you? And then an ice shanty and then a... Um, Just a, add to the list. A drill or whatever. And then a... Uh, what else are you going to do? You know? Um, you have... No, I believe you or your dad, one or the other, you have a the under underwater camera. Oh, yeah. I've got a Markham. And it's the cheapest, like, Markham underwater camera you can buy. And it's still probably... It's freaking sweet. I... I got a video. A That's the only years way ago. we can catch perch. Like I swear, <laughs> dude, because I can't I can, feel the little things nibbling, you know. But Connor is fairly new to the ice fishing deal. I'm very new. Uh, you know, actually, wrestling. funny story. Oh, dude, come funny on. story. I, I knew this story was coming up. <laughs> so when it. we were in high school, uh, we had a high school football coach. His name was Kelly Guild, and his son wrestled on our team, Zach. And they have this pond, and it's kind of a famous pond. There's a lot of people that go and fish this that are like Kingfish Reservoir Reservoir or something like Kingfisher or Kingfish Reservoir. It used to be if you were an Eagle Scout, which I am, but you could fish that for free. But He lets me me fish it every now and then. I don't want to push it, so I ask like maybe once a year. But anyway, so we're out there. It's a high – was it my – no, it was my soft – Junior year, your sophomore because Batista was still there. This was the first fish I'd ever caught. And through I don't the even ice. count it. Through yeah. the ice or? No, ever. Because oh. remember, I didn't used to fish. Yeah. This was my first year, like, really fishing. But back there, dude, it was, I was coming fish, along for the hangout, man. I was I was like, oh, the upperclassmen invited yeah. me out to go ice fishing. My, cool. Yeah, I was a junior. Connor was a sophomore. My dad took us all out, brought hot dogs and all that. And it was kind of a shitty day. Uh, there was, was snowing. Cold. It was kind of cold. Anyway, we're sitting here fishing, and I don't remember Kyler. exactly. Did Kyler hook it? Kyler hooked it. Okay, so we're sitting there, and these these fish are giant trout, like rainbow They're, trout, tiger you trout. You have to release. Them. Yeah, you have to release them unless you're friends with the the owner's kid. Then you keep one to eat during dinner one night. But, but they're huge. I mean, this they're thing- huge. Anyway. So, I mean, I have a tiger trout on the wall right here that's probably 28 to 30 inches long that come out of that reservoir. Pretty sweet. Anyway, so Kyler, Connor's cousin, one of my good friends, hooks this fish. Connor's not having any luck. He didn't know how to fish. So Kyler gives (laughs) Connor the fishing rod and goes, here, Connor, reel it in. So Connor reels it in, and we're all jacked. And Connor's, and it's a, like probably like a twenty-five inch rainbow. It was rainbow. Uh, twenty-six, I think, is what is I had on my. What Instagram. it was? Yeah, I looked it up. It was a rainbow. nice rainbow, and it was friggin', It was a male, real pretty, the dark color. Awesome day. fish. But anyway, Connor's holding it, and the thing starts freaking sperming all over him. And, and, and I he, didn't even realize. No, and we're sitting there laughing. He's like, what are you guys laughing at? And and he looked down. He's like, what is that? And we're like, dude, that's that's fish. Car. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then like since then, I'm just, I'm into it. And this year has really been just a turning stone of, of how I want to, I guess, pursue, <laughs> pursue the next couple of years is just hunting and fishing getting everything i can off the land um but anyway so i mean i don't even know what brought us to that story the the cool thing about ice shanties is i've been looking all over pinterest i do have pinterest it's you know don't make fun of me but yeah exactly but uh um 
I've been looking on there and I was going to, cause everyone knows that I build sheds. Hopefully you know that. I didn't. Uh, my family. I don't think we've ever talked about that. Oh. Anyway, if you guys have ever heard of Old Hickory Sheds, Connor's dad owns a. Is he owner? Like manage. it's just a, it's like a shop. We own it. They he own owns the shop. The shop. We own the business. It's weird. It's weird how it works. But it's it's through Old Hickory Sheds. Yeah. They build them. They sell them. All that kind but of stuff. But we have a lot of scrap wood and just wood that you can't use. We're not gonna we're not gonna use like crooked skids and crooked studs to sell to a customer and, and broken like crack siding and stuff. So. I was looking into building my own ice shanty like they do like over in Michigan and Minnesota and Minnesota, <laughs> all those places. And that's what I was getting at with uh, Will. I was going to tell him like, oh, hey, you want to come play some Xbox? We'll throw the generator out there. The only problem is, you know, every time you want to use it, you have to haul it. Oh, out, just out, leave so it out there and lock just, it up. <laughs> Until it sinks with my 65-inch TV that I bought. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the cool thing is. So Grady, my buddy, he's from the Midwest. He's from Minnesota. 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 The, the state of 10,000 lakes. And he, he mentioned this to me the other day. He's like, yeah, 10,000 named lakes. This thing's got more than 10,000 lakes. Anyway, over there, if you look up the Ice Castle and Ice, ice Castle ha uh, ice houses, they build them. They have drop axles. So you haul them. And then you wind down their axle and they sit on the ground. Ruger! Sorry, my dog's making stupid noises over there. But Grady's thinking about building one of these this year that's probably about 10 foot long, 8 to 10 foot long. I think 10 foot long and 8 foot wide is what we said. Yeah, like and we want to build one of these and then we want to uh, be able to – he's got a side-by-side -side that he bought and we're going to pull it with that onto the ice. So it sounds like I need to get a hold of Brady and say, hey, come up one of these nights. And you guys could go together on building that thing because he is so far. And, and then we'll catch the fish. And we'll catch the fish. You guys the catch fish. the fish. We'll, we'll, we'll go out there. It. We'll go out there. We will turn on. You know, these guys in these ice castles have satellite TV, oh, big-ass oh, heaters. War zone dude, we yes, could play I've a lot that. of video games, watch a lot of football, <laughs> do all that kind of the stuff. The only problem is with Wyoming, the cellular is trash. All and not out on the narrows. Oh, dude, and, out of sulfur and you sulfur, don't have. Sulfur, I've got lots of Oh, service. yeah, because you have yeah Union versus Verizon. But, yeah, yeah we're not going to talk signal. about cell phone service, but I or cell phone providers. But I've got, got service. I didn't have service. That's for sure. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Verizon. If you're listening to this, <laughs> no. But, but uh, anyway, so we're going to end up buying or building one of these. I think, dude. That's what I was. Right now, we've got the soft shell ones. They're called Eskimo. And that's the what one I was, that I've got is I, an Eskimo. I think I'm going to buy one just just to have it. Yeah. But I definitely. If I could find someone like that's what I'm saying is, I don't have a truck at the moment because um, I'm in the process of buying one. But um, I have no way to haul it. But I've seen how they take these uh, they they take these ice shanties that they build those the ice castles or whatever, and they'll put a hydraulic system on their wheels. Yeah, so, so they it's a drop yeah. axle and it's it's two oh. separate axles technically, yes. and they. The wheel wells are like 10 feet tall, they almost seem like, because the wheels will go all the way up into it so it sits flush on the ice. Yes. Then you drill your holes through the... And and if I had someone to help me, like if Grady has the like engineering, I have the uh, the, the scrap wood. The materials. Use. Yeah, dude. The thing is finding a frame or building a frame. That's going to be the expensive I mean, part. Yeah. But I'm... Yeah, we can find them. I, I have plenty of spare cars. 
Well, <clears throat> I think we kind of went down another rabbit hole there, but. I mean, ice shanties, though, ice fishing, we're going to be doing good this year. I think uh, for sure we're going to end up catching a lot of fish, hopefully. Jack, no more. <laughs> Jack's shooting my dart, my blow dart gun everywhere. <laughs> but anyway, if you guys are looking for an ice shanty, just look up, you know, Eskimos or look up Eskimos or uh, otters or something like that. You can find some fairly cheap ones. But uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think that's about as good as you can get with anything right now. Just, just get some Carhartt bibs and go. Yeah, Carhartt on bibs, a five-gallon bucket. Carhartt bibs, five-gallon bucket, and one fishing rod with some lures. You'll do just fine. Millworms and waxworms are the things they use in the wintertime. Now that's another question I had because I am going to go buy some poles. What kind of poles do you get? Do you get like expensive I, ones or cheap You can ones? buy expensive ones, but I would rather have a nice good. reel, but a crappy pole, if that makes sense. See, I, I have some nice reels that I could just throw on from my, because I'm not going to use if my you saw you know, their, six foot, seven foot fishing poles right now. If we go to the gorge, you will. Really? For those Lakers, you can see them tap it because you barely move it and they just suck it in kind of. And then they're just sitting there kind of chewing on it. And your the tip of your thing is barely moving. Because Will earlier this summer, Will got me hooked on uh, ugly sticks, and I, I found a nice ugly stick, and I'm like, what well, Walmart out of all places found a good uh, found a good ugly stick, and I'm like, hell yeah, dude! I went and bought it, and that thing just uh, and the reel I bought was, geez, I can't even remember what reel I bought with it, but I I bought a reel to stick on there and. It's nice, but um, do you guys? That's another question I was gonna ask. Do you guys like the uh, the cork handle fishing poles, or do you guys go with the foam? Honestly, or? I don't care. I don't really give a shit either. As long as it catches fish, like I, that's the same thing. Like, Usually it does. I want a nice, really expensive <laughs> ice fishing rod, but at the same time, I don't want to spend the money on them because I catch fish either way. I mean, that's what I found. I meant for like your summer pole, the pole you're going to go fish. Well, you guys do a lot of fly fishing. I can, like, in all honesty. I think fly fishing rods are only cork. Yeah, yeah. I do not think. No, you know, I, there's, have, I have a There's glass, but uh, I don't think I have, like, in the summer, used a spin rod in, like, three or four years. See, I, I just like when I go to uh, the lake or whatever, just shore fishing or going on a boat. Well, yeah, if I'm on a boat, I'm going to use a spin rod yeah. to, like, jig and stuff. But that's what I got my ugly stick for. And then I've been trying to learn how to fly fish, but that's that's for a different we'll, topic. We'll take yeah. you this next year. We'll, uh, we'll figure that out. But this year, I'm, I'm really looking forward. Like like I was saying, I just want to fill the freezer. And if I can catch, you know, a ton of fish. I was talking to my brother, and he goes to Idaho, and he'll catch 80, 90 fish in a day. But they're catching perch and bluegill and yeah, they got a lot more variety than we do yeah. down. And they have, down here. they have. Uh, what he was telling me is, they have a private, private lake, and that changes things. Just like, just like hunting changes things with private land. Night and day. Yeah, when you have a private lake that no one's touching, and everyone's stalking. 
Yeah. It's going to be a lot different. And it's not really a private lake. It's just no one can go there because it's. Those fly fishing, those private. those high country lakes are the same. Almost. They're basically I mean, private. It's, it, hunting, it's different to hunt the high country because a lot of people still do it. But fishing the high country. So in the high country, do they stock those lakes or are they just? Guess how they stock those lakes. They right. fly them with airplanes. They yeah, if you watch videos, they will legitimately open a thing and the fish will just fall yeah, in I, it I, at like I watched feet. that the video that everyone got all pissed off about on TikTok. They're like, uh, "Oh, fish feel pain or whatever," and he's like, "No, they don't." And then he drops it from a plane and just like eight hundred yeah. fish into this lake. But <clears throat> I didn't I know what the UN is. Yeah, they'll stock them with a plane. Because then they'll they'll swim down creek to the other lakes, right? Or am yeah. I wrong about that? Well, wow. there there's a lot of lakes up there that are strictly spring fed from like below. Um, like okay. uh, they're one, legitimate lakes. They're one not. drainage that I go up. I'm not gonna name drop this because this is a little hidden gem that I don't see a lot of people up. But like the main river channel, there's one lake at the top and up on the sides of the canyons. There's 30 more lakes, all with fish in them. And they're maybe 10 to 12 feet deep. So I'm really curious on how those fish don't like winter kill. But I mean, they're the best up there. And there's they no just get river real, running into them, no crick or anything. They get very dormant in the winter. And, yeah. you know, there's only about a foot to a foot and a half. Because those brookies, they'll actually burrow in the mud. And, and a lot of and those trout, rate. yeah, a lot of those trout up in the high country will do that. Just because there's so much ice and so little water, meaning so little oxygen, yeah, they'll just burrow and like take up as little oxygen as they can through the winter, and then when it hits summer again, they're back. But they still stock those lakes because it does kill a lot of fish. That's what I was. Uh, that's what I've been wondering. But how you can even get up there and you can even drill through that ice to even go ice fishing the actually i got a I, a guy that i used to work with he just retired he takes a snow machine or he'll snowshoe into these lakes and some of them he says the ice fishing is unreal what's kind of tough for those brookies though is their spawning season is like december to january and so mm -hmm. if they have to go dormant they don't have a chance to spawn because that's right when the coldest is mm -hmm. so it's kind of tough for those lakes to really and they and their growing season i mean that's why they're not very big up there that's why i mean you throw anything at them they're going to eat it they can only eat for three four months of the year and then there's ice back up there like i guarantee those lakes up there are iced over right now yeah you could probably ice fish them right now oh yeah i guarantee there's six or seven inches on there but then all of a sudden when winter comes they'll be a lot thicker oh yeah and those fish will go down in the mud and just burrow down. Yeah, there. you'll need like an extension on an ice auger. It'll be five five feet deep. At oh, least. easily. See, that's always what I've wondered about up there, and if you could even access that stuff. But like you're saying, I guess snow machining up, snowshoeing, cross country skiing, I think is a big one too. The one yeah, that's where, freaking exhausting, though. Like it is. Like a, most people that go up and ice fish are taking snow machines up there, and like. They're not hard rides to get to some of these lakes. Well, I mean, yeah, well, like, and they're not lakes. going to these like they're not going to these like real remote lakes because those are going to be extremely. The snowshoe hike up to these lakes, two or three days, hundred percent, because you go so slow in snowshoes, and I mean they're a long ways up there. I think I could get my sled up there for sure. The only part that'd be tough is like 
down like the river bottom where the trees are thick. Mm -hmm. but once you get up on top right there, I mean, there's a lot of people that ride sleds that come off from the backside up in there because the front, that backside's facing like Bernal and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's not, there's a lot more ways to get up. And I mean, people ride that stuff. But you don't around. need to take, you don't need to go to those real remote lakes. You can go to these other ones that people fish regularly in the summertime. But, no but one really. nobody fishes them in the wintertime because you have to access them that you probably snowmobile. Like, like Whitney, Lily like, Lake. Like Whitney Reservoir. Oh, yeah. Whitney Reservoir. Whitney Reservoir. That is, I heard, a very good one to ice fish because nobody can really – you can't get to it in the wintertime. That's where I go with the ride sleds is up there. Really? Mm -hmm. well, sounds I'm like we need to invest in I got sleds. An, I got an old – my dad's got an old Polaris 800. It's an 03. But I think you know, I can at least keep up with you up that way. It's a trail up to the yeah. lake. Yeah. Might have to do some. Uh, I can still get into some powder and stuff too. It's not as powerful as some of those sleds, and it's definitely not as light. But it's yeah. I mean, it's it's trail to there. I mean, it is easy. Getting yeah, there but to the win. powder. I want to get into some powder. Oh yeah, I'll you can go jump double with me then. I will not go to Double Hill. Okay, <laughs> I know some horror stories, and that place freaks me out. So. I, uh, it's a, it's a my dad's been place. up there and watched a dude drive off the backside, and it's like a cliff off the backside. Did he have a parachute? <laughs> no. <laughs> What's he doing that for? Going off the backside? That's one thing with sleds. You need to figure out your area mm -hmm. if you're gonna That's go up there. And, and you gotta have all the right equipment because you don't want to get stuck in an avalanche. Because we don't have avi packs or anything, and we're gonna get them this year. Like last year, we didn't have any of those things. Yeah. My dad's got a really old one. I think it probably still works, but. Like the, the big life vest or whatever. Yeah, you, you call pull it, it and then you come up to the top. And they don't always work. They're just. My buddy, uh, Braden Tethel's up at the Grays riding, and he got in an avalanche hit, buried his sled, and he said he would have died if he would have had it. He pulled it. Did and he it, lose his sled completely? Mm -mm. They pulled it out and they could drive it out because those sleds are so powerful. I mean, all, all you have to do is put your weight on. Yeah, but the they back. were able to find it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I know some people that have died in avalanches, and I just avalanches are, you know, they're scary to me, extremely. My biggest fear is uh, going out on a snow machine and getting back in the backcountry and getting stuck by yourself. That's yeah, why you we don't always stay super close together when we ride. But you're not going to get stuck if you don't like. You would be. Unless you get our into first some couple years, stuff, unless you get into tough. some shitty stuff. So do you remember? I think it was two years ago when it just dumped snow. Yeah. First year I've ever rode, and if you know how to work a sled, you won't get stuck. But that powder, I mean, that's four feet deep, and yeah. so there's the pack, and then there's the powder. Yeah. And the powder, I mean, it was unreal. And if you quit the throttle for half a second you are buried and you better get it's that like, front end digging. it's like riding a snow machine on the lake huh but the thing is if you keep it pinned in that deep stuff you're not going very fast so you can still maneuver and stuff. oh yeah because i mean if you have it pinned in that four foot powder you're not going more than 25 miles an hour if that oh yeah and you can it's, it's a good time yeah see that's what i I want to do is find a couple lakes up there not only pack trip this upcoming summer but this winter maybe uh i might do some ranch work for my uncle and borrow one of his sleds um that he uses for cabin and stuff and we can maybe uh plan a snow machine trip where we go up to a couple lakes and yeah it should yeah. be fun up there i think i've still got a late season elk tag that you know, oh, it goes yeah, to January 31st, and Jack and I were talking. I think we're going to take some snow machines up, and 
I got a nice big sled that I could throw a freaking cow in the back of. We're going to go up some high country and yeah. on snow machines when you can only take snow machines up there. I think we're going to kill a cow and see if we can get some film with some nice bulls up there too. That's definitely, well, yeah, my cousin Tyler has a, has a bull tag, late season bull tag. Does he? I definitely, I know that he's amped to go. He's ready to go. Well, I'm going to be looking then because I got I got the hookups on some private land, and I think I can, on a late bull tag, I think I can get a buddy yeah. up there because you're shooting all those. late bull tag too. You can shoot all those little, those Utah elk that are coming down. And so well, the, guy, the guy I guide for, I don't think he really cares because they're the Utah elk. I mean, you should. They're, they're not going to be there in the fall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You should see up there at those high country lakes I go to, some of the stuff those elk live in, just complete sheet rock. I mean, it is up where nothing grows. And that's that's what I was gonna ask you is if when you guys go on these like snow machine trips up in the in the back country in the middle of winter, are there elk? Are there moose? Are they like moose where, stay where do they go? High. Moose winter high, which is crazy. Like we're up there, I guarantee the snowpack mm -hmm. sitting there at twelve feet, which doesn't make sense how those moose stay up, but they do, and they live up there year round. It's I'm crazy. sure there's some winter kill, but at the same oh, time, yeah. those moose well, are hardy. Animals. I know that the other day when I went elk hunting, um, not to bring up elk hunting because it's kind of off topic, but uh, the the amount, I was like, there's no way there's the amount of deer kill in the winter that they're talking about. And you bring up winter kill, and I saw, I probably, in a matter of a 100-yard radius, I probably found 40, 50 dead deer. Uh, out by Woodruff, Utah. Really? Crazy. And I I bet you at least 40, 50% of them were bucks. They didn't have antlers, but they had the nubs. Yeah, where they shed. That's where they shed. Because all our snow hit in like April of that yeah. year. Yeah. Of, of um, last year. It, yeah. We had a couple rough years, and our deer hurt. definitely got hurt from Well, I mean, a couple of years ago. I think it was my senior year, 2016. Uh, it was. that We had all that snow and stuff. 90... Oh, 50% of our deer population died in the state of Wyoming, and 90% was fawns. 90% of the does and fawns died. Which is just makes you want to throw up and all that wasted meat. Because they say, like, oh, you got to give a couple to the coyotes. They Dude, gave the, there's plenty to the coyotes. The deer that I found were full-bodied deer. Like, you could tell nothing had touched them. They were still in a complete pile. They were still... They were curled up in a ball trying to stay warm. I don't know, you know. They, can't, they don't find enough food. They get cold. They're yeah. eating sagebrush. It, it kills them. It's, it's a rough. It's definitely rough, but. Uh, I don't know. We're getting a little off topic. Yeah, but we're anyway, getting a little off topic. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Do we have a whole lot more to talk about, or are we about yeah, wrapped I think, up? Here? I think that's about it. I think, well, I think that's where we're going to stop right close now. it for this week and. We can definitely bring some stuff up next week, but uh, we'll we'll we haven't quite decided what we're going to be talking about next week. Hopefully, we can get some people on the phone here. Or we're going to call a few people and see if we can get them on. Um, but anyway, guys, again, like we were saying in the last few podcasts, look up Scout to Hunt. It's an app you can download on any phone, any smartphone, I should say. Um, it's a mapping server. You can download offline maps, and you can get into this backwoods and see private public you can add waypoints you can track your walks or drives or whatever you want to track look them up 
If you're going to their store, make sure to use code Jack10 at checkout for, is it a 10% discount? Yeah. 10% discount. Make sure you use Jack10 at checkout on Scout to Hunt for a 10% discount on anything you buy. Thanks for listening, guys, and make sure you tune in next week. For whatever. Well, whatever we have. <laughs> we haven't quite figured that out yet. We'll think about We're it. We're going to think about um, it. But. The one other thing that I wanted to add is like we were saying all through this podcast, it doesn't really matter what gear you have and what gear you're looking forward to. It just matters that you're out enjoying the outdoors, respecting everything that uh, like Mother Nature has to offer you, and um, basically having a good time because that's what it's all about at the end yeah, of the day. You know? Exactly. I mean, if you need any kind of gear, just make sure you know it's the stuff that's going to work for you. You do not need to get anything um, expensive if you don't need to. You don't. You don't but, need to buy expensive stuff right off the bat either. No, I think that's work into it. I mean, yeah, work into it. I've been hunting my whole life. Jack's been hunting his whole life. Connor's been hunting his whole life. Connor still can get by on whatever he wants, really. You know, he hasn't yeah. done a whole lot of backpack. I think next year he's probably going to come on a few with us, yes. so he's going to be getting that's... some new gear. But Jack and I have been doing a lot of backpacking, so we get different gear. It doesn't matter what you have. Yeah. It just matters what you need. I think a, a really important thing that I'll just add to is you notice that all three of us were using our dads as, as examples, I guess. Um, yeah, I was using my dad's so-and-so and, oh, my dad has this, my dad has that. Well, that's because our dads are older and they've acquired more stuff and they've acquired more expensive stuff and stuff that we can use until we get our own stuff. Um, that's definitely an advantage, but I think that – just go out, have a good time, and that's the that's the biggest that's thing. That's the biggest thing. Make sure you guys enjoy yeah. the outdoors. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening. Make sure you go check out Border Boys Outdoors on TikTok and on Instagram. And YouTube, right? Uh, we will have a YouTube video dropping soon. Uh, just kind of a kind of it, you know, telling you guys about me and Jack. And uh Check out Rocky Shores Outdoors. I have like two YouTube videos real fast, but they're not anything spectacular. And I have TikTok and uh, Instagram as well. But uh, real quick, we're doing a giveaway on Border Boys Outdoors at 750 followers. We're about 200, just under over 200 followers away from uh, from our 750. So go give us a follow if you're not following us. We got some decent content, hopefully some more. We'll be doing some duck hunt, a lot more duck hunting and a lot more uh, ice fishing content coming up this winter. Make sure you go give Border Boys Outdoors and Rocky Shores Outdoors a follow. And if you haven't yet, look up the Pull and Feathers podcast. They're pretty good as well. Anyway, thanks for listening to the Cotton Wild podcast. We will see you guys next week with another awesome podcast. Mm-hmm.